Bible prophesied of a unique time on earth. Israel would be returned to her land, the church would turn to false doctrines, technology would increase, and wickedness and immorality would run rampant. The time spoken of so long ago has come. Join Charlie Garrett as he breaks down these events for us as they unfold each week. All right, let's see here. Today is 14 February 2021. It's Sunday. It's time for the Prophecy Update of the Week. And we've had just a huge crisis this morning at the uh, church because the regular streaming system did not work. And uh, so we've been working on something to uh, get an iPad to do this. And Sergio over in uh, Israel got it all going, I believe. And uh, we should have a recorded copy here. And so if we do, then it'll look normal to everybody that watches the Prophecy Update or the uh, sermon later on YouTube. But uh, for the people that are streaming now, I apologize. It's something that just happened out of the blue. And um, before I uh, actually get into anything about the church service, I want to make an announcement is that, uh, and it obviously doesn't matter, we're not streaming on Facebook, but I was going to tell them I am leaving Facebook on Wednesday. I will never go to Facebook again. There will no longer be a Facebook stream. We're only going to have YouTube. If we get banned from there, we still have a backup to sermon audio and some other options available to us. But uh, Facebook is out of my life as of Wednesday, and I thought I'd do it that way because um, I didn't want people to think I just defriended them or something. And so by announcing it a week in advance and then uh, telling it on the Prophecy Update, the people that actually care about these things will know. And so uh, there you go. Facebook is done. And uh, I would also like to petition people because on Facebook, I've had a live stream of the Sarasota Bay that shows the uh, sunrise every single morning. It's a live stream. It's now moved from Facebook to YouTube. And if you would, I would appreciate you going to Siesta Key Sunrise channel on YouTube and just click subscribe. Even if you don't want the notifications, if you would just do that, it would allow us to have the required number of viewers so that the live stream will always be available. And so go to uh, Siesta Key Sunrise's channel on YouTube and just click subscribe. And I would very much appreciate that from everybody that watches the Prophecy Updates. It doesn't cost you anything, and it's just a favor to uh, ensure that people can enjoy that sunrise off of our dock every day forever. And uh, okay, having said that, uh, we got some uh, uh, things to announce. The first is uh, Chuck Sowards, who came here just recently with his wife, and they sang some music and played some uh, songs for us. He uh, sent me a bandana with a big guitar on it. And uh, so you can't see the guitar. It's a little bit of it right here, the strings. But I wanted to thank him for that because it was a real kind of thing for him to do. So thank you with that, Chuck. And let's see here. Um, we got some visitors today. We've got Richard and Francis Johnson, who are from... Uh, Connecticut, West Hartford, Connecticut. It begins with a B. What is it? Broomfield. Okay. And oh, boom, boom, bloom. Okay, with an L. Bloomfield, Connecticut. And uh, so they're down here from there. And he walked in here with something all wrapped up, and he said, "This is for the church." And it is a cross that he made for us. He handmade this cross, and they'll see a picture of this on the uh, prophecy update. But it's made out of cherry wood. It's very beautiful, and it's very much appreciated. And we still have the uh, cross that was originally here in the church. We moved it over to the side, and uh, it, it will probably be more noticeable now. Before, it kind of just looked like something that stuck out of the wall, but now I think it'll be more evident uh, when people actually look at the videos, what we have here. And uh, thank you very much for that. It's a real kind effort. 
And uh, now we also have, they were here in September, but uh, they came back down for more punishment as Andre and Lilia. They're uh, from Asheville, Liberal Town, North Carolina, and uh, but they are conservative. And uh, they have been staying. They didn't even realize. They just wanted to come down and get a, a break in Florida away from work for a while. And they uh, went to a campsite. It's the only campsite that they could get. And there just happened to be a cancellation. And it's less than a mile from my house. And when they realize that, they're like, oh, so he's been at my dock every single day since he got here fishing and the first day man this guy caught all kinds of fish he, his wife she got really big from eating all the fish that night and then the rest of the week he hasn't caught anything he sat out there all week trying to catch fish and he didn't until yesterday and then he caught a couple more red snapper for his wife so there you, uh, what's that oh yeah the live stream camera you could watch him in there reeling it in and uh you know catching his fish and Hedico would go out and talk with the, the dogs in her arms and stuff so once again please subscribe to the siesta key sunrises channel and you can watch what's going on in our backyard every day at about seven o'clock it depends on when the sun is rising i go out and i feed the birds every single day and you can watch me feed the birds so just something fun and you can see a really beautiful sunrise most mornings of the year this morning despite having heavy rain last night we had a really beautiful sunrise so good treat and i hope we'll be able to continue to do that as long as enough people subscribe that'll stay online um then we have ron hicks in memphis tennessee he uh lives in memphis and he can no longer go to the church that he was at his days of work have changed and he's looking for a good church okay that preaches the word of god if anybody knows of a good church in memphis and he needs a ride he needs a ride to this church, and he said he would prefer going to church, uh, preferably on Saturdays, okay? But if you know something, send me an email, and then I can at least send him the name of a good church, or if somebody can take him to church on Saturday, great, whatever. Um, and then one other person is looking for a sound church in Portland, Oregon. I know that sounds like a big bill, but there's probably one or two there. If you know of one, let me know. Um, the lady emailed me with Athie Creek Church, and she said, what do you think about that? I don't know anything about it. I don't have time to watch their videos, but uh, if you have a recommendation for a good church in Portland, Oregon, send me a note, and I'll appreciate that as well. Um, all right, our first category, as always, is Israel. We're completely disorganized here, and I feel like I'm on the moon or something, but uh, let's see here. All Israel says, founder of new political party, says dire health crisis persuaded him to get into politics. He's not going to win. He doesn't stand a chance, but I'm going to read the article anyway because you can see the mindset of some of these people over there that are tired of what's going on. Of the 39 political parties that scrambled to submit their party lists for the upcoming Israelis' elections, only one has presented a very clear agenda on the number one issue of the year, COVID. His name is Arya Avni, a medical doctor who founded RAFE, which means be healthy, has one goal, and that is to overhaul the Ministry of Health and its approach to the pandemic. The party's controversial mission, according to its literature, is to cure the ministries of health's years of injustices that have reached their peak during 2021. And I would agree with that if you've seen what they've been doing over there. And are manifested, he says, by unbearable medical coercion and the violation of human rights, lockdown, social distancing, cellular location tracking, the green passport, wearing of masks, the destruction of the economy, and public deception. I'm not built for politics, he says. I've never been involved in politics. I've never organized a demonstration, he said. But when I see what they are doing to my people, 
Lockdowns are unnecessary, he says. Economic destruction, forced vaccinations. It's just horrible as a situation. This is in Israel once again. We do not deny that COVID-19 infections exist. We deny that so many people needed to have died from it said party candidate Ilana Rachel Danielle. After a year's time of billions upon billions of dollars, the only cures that we have been offered, we are being offered are deadly lockdowns and a risky experimental and novel treatment. We say the cure is worse than the disease. The one who is sitting in the heavens gave us an immune system, Avni explained. When I have a strong immune system, I have no problem with disease. The ability of the immune system that God gave us is extraordinary. So that's his take on this. He's running for office in Israel, and I just wanted you to be aware that there are people in Israel that have this political opinion. From the Times of Israel, police start probing anti-vaxxers, encouraging public to fake appointments. Israeli police are weighing opening a criminal investigation into anti-vaxxers who have been scheduling appointments to inoculate only to cancel them at the last minute, forcing HMOs to throw out unused doses. We are investigating the criminal and legal implications of the matter. Those trying to disrupt the vaccination drive were a dangerous group who are ideologically opposed like a cult. One Israeli hospital chief called the phenomenon criminal. So there you go with that. From the Times of Israel, Israeli minister proposes making vaccinations mandatory and he is shot down. Now, why would they do that? These are, this is the vaccine capital of the universe is Israel. You'll find out in the next article or no, you won't. I'll tell you why in a minute. During a cabinet meeting on Israel's coronavirus response, Energy Minister Yuval Steinitz proposed advancing legislation that would obligate the public to be inoculated or face punitive measures, according to a television report. Steinitz compared the matter to sanctions on civilians who refused to enter bomb shelters during wartime. The report said Attorney General Avichai Mandabelt shot down the proposal asking, are you proposing to sanction anyone who runs away from a needle? Okay, the reason why they are not going to do this is because they're going to come at it from a completely different angle, which means that, and I'll read you some of these articles next week if there's space for them. They are going to, uh, they don't want to make it mandatory because they don't want to make people feel like you are being imposed this thing if you don't want it. But they are not making anything available to anyone that does not get a vaccination, with the exception of maybe going to the grocery store. Everything else is cut off from a person. You cannot travel. You cannot do anything. And so they're going to make it. There's no need to make it mandatory because people will choose voluntarily to not live going to the grocery store and nowhere else. And so that's what's happening. And they just want to make sure that they don't make it look like they are forcing this on people when, in fact, that's what they're doing in Israel. So all Israel. Private Jerusalem preschool, and here's another reason why they are doing these things in Israel. Anything private in that country is not wanted. I've said this before. It's a socialist country. The government wants to control everything, including the agenda of the minds of the children, etc. Private Jerusalem preschool in dire straits after months of national COVID closures. These are private preschools, okay? Every time the country goes into lockdown, Little Hearts Preschool loses weeks, if not months, of tuition. When the small private school reopens and gets back on its feet, a new lockdown seems to come around to set it back again. 
Israel is in its third national lockdown, which ended this past week since March, each one an attempt to push back against rising COVID-19 infections. And each time this happens, schools are caught up in the shutdown along with other businesses. This is creating an unavoidable emotional strain on students and teachers alike. It's happened in America. It's happened everywhere around the world. But while most public schools are compensated during shutdowns, public schools, okay, the shutdowns, the private ones are forced to grapple with challenging business decisions and unwanted cuts. Little Hearts is one example. I can already tell you that this whole thing from March till now has been really bad. It's turned our preschool upside down. Emily Shaketi said, the school, which recently switched over to a Montessori format, launched several fundraising campaigns last year to just stay afloat. Shaketi wasn't sure whether they could open on September 1st, but since then, we've had two more lockdowns. Shaketi said the school loses 90,000 shekels, which is about close to $30,000 every month during the closures since they don't charge tuition when the school is closed. This is a reason why they are doing these things is because they want to cripple the private industry. And there's no doubt in my mind about that. This is what's going on. The government wants control of things. You can find this all over the world at this time. And this is why people are suffering in Israel is because of this. Christian News um, let's see here. Sharon Friesen, e she emailed me and she said that uh, a few months ago she had finished the Genesis sermons and then she decided to skip Exodus and Leviticus because she had a real desire to know what was in Numbers. And that was a book that she's been curious about. And she finished all of the Numbers sermons. She's very grateful for those. I would encourage you to watch the sermons if you can. And now she says, I'm going back to Exodus and Leviticus. So that's a good thing. Uh, getting it out of order, she'll be a little bit lost maybe in some of it, but it'll all come back to her if she watches numbers again. So hats off to Sharon. From CBN, federal appeals court rules after atheist offended by nativity at Indiana courthouse. The legal battle over a nativity scene in Indiana, something we reported on about a year ago at Indiana, was settled with a victory for the Christian community at the Seventh Circuit Court of Appeals. They ruled that the display is constitutional and cannot and can be exhibited. Last May, Federal Judge Tanya Pratt she's a commie, obviously, concluded that the nativity display on public property at the Jackson County Courthouse was unconstitutional and ruled in favor of the plaintiff, Rebecca Woodring. Woodring, an atheist, does not live or work in Jackson County and does not conduct any business in the courthouse, yet she was offended by the display. And if you look at the Christmas display that they had out there, they've got all kinds of stuff. They got all kinds of stuff in one teeny little nativity scene, and she complained about that. Well, the Seventh Circuit Court overruled her. Good job. From the Daily Caller, California cannot enforce coronavirus-related restrictions on indoor worship. Supreme Court rules. Good job. Finally, some sense over there. A divided SCOTUS ruled that California cannot enforce its coronavirus-related bans on indoor worship services, though it declined to lift bans on singing and chanting inside. How stupid. The 6-3 ruling consisted of four separate statements by the justices outlining what relief each would have granted to the churches that had sued. Despite the splintered rulings, a majority of the court was willing to lift California's ban on indoor services while remaining other more specific restrictions they left in place. Justice Clarence Thomas and Neil Gorsuch opted to grant 
all of the church's requests, including lifting the bans on singing and chanting and the restrictions that enforce a 25% capacity at most indoor places of worship. Even if a full congregation singing hymns is too risky, California does not explain why even a single masked cantor cannot lead worship behind a mask and a plexiglass shield, Gorsuch wrote with Thomas in agreement. Or why even a lone, mez- uh, however you pronounce the people in uh, Islam, Mezuzin or whatever, may not sing the call to prayer from a remote location inside a mosque as worshipers file in. They're up on top of that spire and they're calling this stuff out. They're not going to harm anybody. But Justice Samuel Alito was mostly in agreement saying that he would have banned California's restrictions within 30 days unless the state showed that those measures were the best possible means of limiting the spread of COVID-19. Justices Amy Coney Barrett and Brett Kavanaugh, however, took a more middle ground approach. The applicants bore the burden of establishing their entitlement to relief from the singing ban, Barrett wrote with Kavanaugh in agreement. In my view, they did not carry that burden, at least not on this record. The court's three liberal commies dissented, arguing that lifting the restrictions and putting the court's judgment before that of California public health officials was unwise. Under the court's injunction, the state must instead treat worship services like secular activities that pose a much lesser danger. How that's possible, I don't know, wrote Justice Elena Kagan in her dissent, joined by Justices Stephen Breyer and Sonia Sotomayor. That mandate defies our case law, exceeds our judicial role, and risks worsening the pandemic. In the worst public health crisis in a century, this foray into armchair epidemiology cannot end well, Kagan added. Well, I would disagree. If you're in Florida, you know that we are all open. We don't close. Churches are open. People are in their uh, grocery stores walking around, and we have no problems at all. We've got a very low rate It's in line with all of the other states that are completely locked up. It's not true. From the Christian headlines, Denmark may force churches to submit sermons to government. There is much concern, Pastor says. A proposed Danish law that would require sermons be translated and submitted to the government has sparked concern among Christians throughout the region, as it should. The proposed legislation would require that all sermons not delivered in the country's native language can be translated into Danish and submitted to the government. Although it's not clear yet if sermons must be submitted before or after they are delivered. Although the legislation is intended to control radical Muslim groups in the country, more than 250,000 Muslims live in Denmark, it has drawn pushback from many Christians. Anglican Bishop Robert Innes of the European Diocese wrote a letter to Fredrickson expressing concern over the proposal's impact on religious liberty. I believe this overly restrictive step would constitute a limitation on freedom of expression, which I know is prized in Denmark as one of the world's oldest democracies, he wrote. The proposal also has practical problems, the bishop said, arguing it is not feasible to translate a weekly sermon delivered extemporaneously. Preachers don't always write the full text of their sermons. They might write notes. Evangelical Focus, a news website dedicated to Christian news on the continent, said German-speaking churches are also concerned. We do not only hold services on Sundays, but also baptisms, weddings, and funerals throughout the week, said Raja Sheepers, who serves as pastor of St. Petri Church in Copenhagen. 
it is not realistic to expect that we simultaneously translate all of these gatherings or that we translate them in advance, which I completely agree with. Middle East and Africa today. Times of Israel, UAE massively cut aid to Palestinians after normalization with Israel. The UAE and Bahrain have substantially cut back funding for the UN Agency for Palestinian Refugees following their normalization with Israel in possible revenge for the Palestinians' bitter condemnation of the move, citing the Center for Near East Policy Research. An Israeli NGO, the network, said that while the UAE sent the UNRWA $53 million in 2018 and $51 million in 2019, it provided the agency a mere $1 million in 2020. The report said Bahrain, too, had cut funds but did not provide any figures. These people are upset at the Palestinians because of their attitude and how they condemned their own Arab brothers for making peace with Israel, and so they're cutting them off. But unfortunately, we have a president who is now going to cut them back in. So this is going to make no difference at all because we're going to be throwing a billion dollars every couple of years to them. From the Times of Israel, IAEA inspectors in Iran said to find evidence of possible nuclear weapons work. UN nuclear inspectors have found traces of radioactive material at Iranian nuclear sites that could indicate work on nuclear weapons. The Wall Street Journal story cited several unnamed diplomats briefed on the matter who said the locations in which the material was found contributed to suspicions. Tehran barred inspectors from accessing those same locations for a number of months last year. The diplomats noted that they themselves did not have specific knowledge about the details of the findings. They said the IAEA was seeking explanations from Iran and had not yet updated member states on their findings. One of the sites was reported to be in Abadeh, south of Isfahan, a location that in September 2019 was flagged by Prime Minister Netanyahu as the site of an alleged secret nuclear facility. And they wouldn't listen to him, and now they're finding out he was right. Netanyahu said at the time that Iran had tried to destroy the site, along with any evidence, it had been used to develop nuclear weapons. Yeah, shock of shocks. Times of Israel. Iran foreign minister tells Biden to rejoin nuclear deal within two weeks before stance hardens. So they're threatening Biden. Citing parliamentary legislation and upcoming elections, Zarif says time is running out for the U.S. to return to the 2015 agreement. And then from the Times of Israel, Iran's Khamenei, U.S. must lift sanctions before we return to the nuclear deal. Once again, pushing their buttons. Supremely, they are the ones that are under the sanctions and they're the ones that are dictating to the powers that are sanctioning them. Doesn't make much sense. Supreme leader claims Tehran abided by its commitments. Well, U.S., France, Germany, and the U.K. reneged. Yeah, boy, they're arrogant. Times of Israel. Biden says U.S. won't lift sanctions before Iran stops uranium enrichment. Islamic Republic reiterates demand U.S. first remove measures. Israel's U.S. ambassador says president's statement is a positive sign. We'll see if he sticks with it or not. Zero hedge. Biden appears to be expanding the U.S. occupation of Syria. We got ourselves out. And now we're going back in. According to the Syrian Observatory for Human Rights, some 50 vehicles and a U.S. military convoy crossed into Syria this past weekend and headed for bases in the nation's northeast Hasake province. Details aren't clear on why the convoy arrived beyond delivering equipment. 
The observatory noted this is the ninth such convoy to enter Syria in 2021. Nine of them, meaning nearly two convoys per week are showing up. While there has been no official announcement on a policy change, this speaks to the Biden admin's intentions in Syria, or at least intentions to not leave Syria. With reports of ISIS seeking a resurgence there, it seems the U.S. may have found itself another war, or at least a continuation of the existing war. A return to the Obama-era priorities in Syria could set the stage for a bigger fight, as they were very keen to impose regime change in Syria before and maybe following the Libya model that saw Muammar Gaddafi deposed, killed, and Libya turned into the wreck it remains to this day. And that's what they're going to do, and we're going to have Gog Magog here in the future coming against Israel. So you can see it's all panning out as the Bible said it would, but it's very disappointing in the process. And then from BBC, Iran produces uranium metal in new violation of nuclear deal. They said they were going to do it, and they did it. They have uranium metal, something I reported on just one or maybe two weeks ago. They're pushing buttons, and nobody's going to do anything about it. And probably what will happen, this is just a guess, but Israel have to go in and act alone. That's my guess. Mongolia, usembassy.gov. Yes, the U.S. Embassy. The 2022 Fulbright English Teaching Assistant Program. Anybody here have kids that want to go off and teach English in, uh, in Mongolia? There you go. The public affairs section at the U.S. Embassy in Ulaanbaatar is now accepting applications for the 2022 calendar year Fulbright English Teaching Assistance Program from the English language or foreign language departments of accredited universities and vocational training centers. If you want them to go, I would suggest they do not admit that they're Christians or they'll never get this job. Fulbright ETAs are young, motivated, recent university graduates who are willing to serve as cultural ambassadors. The responsibilities include co-planning and co-teaching, up to 20 hours of speaking and listening classroom activities per week to intermediate or above English level students, dedicating up to 10 hours of class preparation with the co-teacher per week, conducting up to eight hours of extracurricular English activities, such as a conversation club, acting as a resource person, both at the host institution and in the community, and giving presentations on topics related to the United States. So there you go. Daniel 12 Technology today. From The Bite, scientists are weaving. Now, this doesn't sound like a great idea to me. Scientists are weaving human brain cells into microchips. Yeah, it's not unusual for AI developers to take inspiration from the human brain when designing their algorithms or their circuitry they run on. But now, a project is taking that biological inspiration a step further. Scientists from England's Aston University are physically integrating human brain stem cells into AI microchips. The goal is to push the boundaries of what AI can do by borrowing some of the human brain's processing capabilities. The project, dubbed New Chip, sounds like the beginning of a sci-fi B-movie where all-powerful AI runs amok. Typically, projects like this in the field of neuromorphic or brain-inspired computing focus on making AI algorithms more efficient. But New Chip aims to make them more powerful, too. Our aim is to harness the unrivaled computing power of the human brain to dramatically increase the ability of computers to help us solve complex problems. 
We believe this project has the potential to break through current limitations of processing power and energy consumption to bring about a paradigm shift in machine learning technology. Typically, brain-inspired AI will rely on artificial neurons or circuitry inspired by the brain. Actually, implementing the biological cell itself, by contrast, could save the team some of those engineering hassles. In new chip, we will not only model a system made by extraordinarily complex components, meaning human neural cells, but we will try to go far beyond. Our aim is to drive the neural system to a state in which it will be able to carry out non-trivial computations. If they get that, they're just going to keep going with it, and they're going to keep going with it. So that sounds like a bad idea to me, folks. <laughs> Mail online. New pill that may help improve age-related hearing loss by protecting delicate hair cells in the inner ear. I had no idea that the hair cells are what, what happens is they weaken as you get old, and that's why your hearing goes bad. Uh -huh. What? Yeah, <laughs> what? Pardon me? A new drug, SPI-1005, aids hearing by protecting delicate hair cells in the inner ear. It is also being tested in the U.S. as a potential treatment for patients with COVID-19, which means it'll never get passed. I'm sorry, this is going to be put in the dustbin of history and people are going to remain deaf because of that. The number of auditory hair cells declines due to age, disease, and loud noise. I knew the loud noise, but I didn't know that they just withered when you get old. Revelation plagues today. Yahoo! Fears of a twindemic are over. The U.S. has seen a 98% drop in flu hospitalizations, likely due to COVID-19 measures. Isn't that shocking? A shocking. 2KU TV. New Utah bill. Government could not force you to get COVID-19 vaccine. Okay? New Utah bill. They're saying in the state of Utah, the government will not be forcing any vaccines on you. And I hope more states come out with that, and I hope it becomes a national thing where, of course, the liberal states all want them because, you know, we were talking about this before we started today, is that liberals have nothing left. When they die, they're done. They have no hope. They have no future. They have no, you know, nothing. But we have a hope in Jesus Christ. And so who cares if we punch your ticket today? I mean, we'll be sad that we're missing one another, but for the individual, wow, we get to go be with Jesus. So there you go with that. Mail online. Passengers arriving in the United Kingdom could have to take four coronavirus tests and pay for them all. Yeah. You want to go to the UK right now? Yeah. I don't think so. Yeah. Mail online. Man in his 70s collapses and dies just 25 minutes after receiving COVID-19 vaccine in New York City as officials, listen to this, say he did not have allergic reaction. Now, li listen to the rest of this, okay? They, they immediately said, they announced he did not have an allergic reaction to the vaccine. But listen to the article. The man has not yet been named, and it's unclear what shot he received. So they don't know what shot he received, but they, they can say that it didn't cause him to die. His cause of death is also currently unknown, but they can say that it wasn't from the shot. With an investigation underway. New York Health Commissioner said initial indications are that the man did not have any allergic reaction to the vaccine, but they don't have his name yet, they don't know what shot he got, and they don't know how he died. But they can definitively say that he did not die from the shot, so you're all safe. Get yours today, kids. <laughs> Mail online. AI computer can determine whether you'll die from COVID-19 with 90% accuracy by analyzing your disease history and health data. 
They've got a computer program that will now tell you. So that that begs the question, if that's true, then why would you force anybody to take a shot? If you know the people that are susceptible and will die and everybody else is going to be okay, then why do we need all this other stuff? Yeah. Researchers fed data from nearly 4,000 COVID-19 patients into an AI application. It can now predict with 90% certainty whether someone will die of COVID. They also use the AI to predict underlying conditions that pose the highest risk. A high BMI, age, being male, and high blood pressure are the highest risk factors. 90%. Fox News. Iranian cleric... Oh, I'm definitely not getting it now. I'm, there's no way. Iranian cleric claims COVID-19 vaccine turns people into homosexuals. <laughs> From That's true. Strange sounds. Mouse apocalypse on the march across New South Wales, Queensland, uh, SA. Where is that? SA. What is that in Australia? So, no, not South Africa. It's in Australia. Anyway, SA and Victoria, Australia, damaging crops and invading homes. This is a mouse apocalypse. The rodents are munching through crops and wiring. And to the horror of homeowners, they've even been found in bags of bread. The whole district smells of mice. Rainfall and good harvest last year contributes to allowing the mice to spike in numbers. Mice start breeding when they're six weeks old and have a litter every 19 to 20 days after that. They can have up to 10 pups per litter, which means the rate of increase is really dramatic. As soon as they have a litter of pups, they again fall pregnant immediately. So they are being overrun by this in New South Wales, Queensland, I don't know what SA is, and Victoria, Australia. Morality today from the Washington Examiner, bill requiring sex education to begin with kindergarten to be filed in Illinois' legislature. From the Daily Wire, Biden Education Secretary on Women's School Sports, we have a legal responsibility to include transgender athletes. Zero Hedge, Montana aims to save women's sports from Biden's executive order. The Montana House Judiciary Committee passed House Bill 112 in a 62 to 38 vote on January 25th, requiring public school athletes to participate in sports according to their biological sex. MSN, Biden opens major push for LGBT rights abroad. He has quickly launched a campaign to support LGBT people abroad, putting their rights higher on the U.S. foreign policy agenda than ever before, above Obama, elevating a 2011 initiative launched by Obama and reversing a turnaround under Donald Trump. Biden is expanding the scope of U.S. efforts on LGBT rights while also adjusting based on lessons learned over the past decade. In his first foreign policy speech, this is his very first foreign policy speech, and instead of addressing the major things of the world, this is what he's worried about. He announced he was ordering all U.S. government agencies active abroad to promote the rights of lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, intersex, and queer people, and come up with plans within 180 days. His very first foreign policy speech, and this is his priority. Our other category, from Vice. Hacker tried, everybody has heard this, but because a week ago I talked about getting my new water and wastewater license, I thought I'd include this for you. Hacker tried to poison Florida City's water supply. 
Officials from Pinellas County, which is just up the road in Florida, announced that an unidentified hacker remotely gained access to a panel that controls the city of Oldsmar's water treatment system and changed a setting that would have drastically increased the amount of sodium hydroxide in the water supply. Sodium hydroxide is also known as lye and can be deadly if ingested in large amounts. This is serious because we had a problem just like this happen in Northport, which is just south of us, a couple years ago, maybe 10 or 15 years by now because I'm getting old and time is going quicker. But um, they overdosed this and people in the morning got up to take their showers and their bodies were burnt. They had to go to the hospital. It, yeah, it's very serious. And so what happened could have burnt people. It could have gotten into them and burned their insides, etc. But here's a question for you. Let me see. Where was that? Um Oh, uh, hacker. Yes. Okay. City of Oldsmar. Can anybody here tell me where the city of Oldsmar, the name Oldsmar comes from? Nobody. Nobody here knows Florida history. <laughs> Oldsmar comes from Ransom Olds of the Oldsmobile Company. He came down here and he wanted to start a car manufacturing in Florida and he developed this big city. Okay. Put out all these streets, you know, how people do, and then it never gets built. And eventually people moved in and that's why Oldsmar kind of looks odd. If you ever go through it, it was to be a, a car factory city. And he called it Oldsmar after himself. And there are reasons why. I mean, one of the reasons is because back then, does anybody know what they used to use Spanish moss for? I know you must because I told you when I took you to Spanish point, what? Yes, seed stuffing. They used to, and we got Spanish moss galore in Florida. So they would take it off of the trees and they'd stuff it into seats. And uh, if you go into the older cars in America and you reupholster them, you'll find Spanish moss in there. So he thought that would be a good idea to have Oldsmar down here. But none of you knew that, and now you do. Okay, going on. Epic Times. Biden to order huge addition to refugee cap amid COVID-19 pandemic. Okay. Obama was letting in about 100,000 people a year, okay, a lot of them from dangerous nations. Trump cut it down to almost nobody. Very few people were coming in as refugees. Biden is going to exceed what Obama was doing and from those same dangerous countries. Biden said he would raise the cap to 125,000 in the next fiscal year, which starts on October 1st. 125,000 people. We've got an epidemic going on. We've got an economy which is going to collapse, and he's worried about this. New York Post Biden reinstates catch and release policy at the southern border, and they are not testing for COVID-19. They're just sending them in. You catch them and send them right into America, and they're not testing them. But you have to wear your mask and get your vaccination or you're a bad person. Gateway Pundit. White House confirms illegal aliens who are convicted of DUI, rape, and drug-related crimes will not be deported. The White House on Monday confirmed illegal aliens who are convicted of rape, assault, DUI, or drug-related crimes will not be deported. Generally, these convictions would not include drug-based crimes, less serious offenses, simple assault, DUI, money laundering, property crimes, fraud, tax crimes, solicitation, or charges without convictions, Acting Director Tay Johnson told senior officials in a Thursday email advising them on how to operate while new guidelines are finalized. You can do anything but kill somebody and probably even that and you get to stay in America and you get all the benefits that we have to work for for free. Epic Times. Facebook will take down posts with claims about vaccines it deems false. They are the arbiters and this is exactly what Section 230 was intended to not allow. They were not allowed to do that. Uh, Ron DeSantis is going to take care of that in Florida. We're going to have, uh, what's his name, Abbott in Texas is going to take care of it. But you know what? They are deeming what is right and what is wrong. And that is why I am leaving Facebook in three days. 
I will never be on Facebook again. My account is being deactivated and it will never be reactivated. From the Epic Times, Biden administration plans to rejoin United Nations Human Rights Council. We got out of it. He's getting back into it. Zero Hedge. We cannot mince words. San Francisco education official denounces meritocracy as racist. In other words, if you merit something, you work, you earn it, you take a test and you score higher, any merit is racist. (laughs) Which exactly, you know what that exactly is? That is racist because they're saying that blacks cannot compete. They're incapable of competing and therefore they are the racists, not the people that are earning themselves. The problem is the government has taken these people and put them in situations where they cannot work in the same parameters as the rest of society because we see it. We're in the projects every Saturday. We know what the government does to these people. All right, but they are the racists and they're projecting and saying that we're the racists because you've merited something. From the Free Beacon, Biden, DOJ pick opposed enforcing civil rights laws against blacks. If you're a black, you cannot enforce a civil right law against them, according to this person who is now in the DOJ. The incoming Justice Department civil rights chief has a history of opposing civil rights prosecutions of black defendants, opposing a complaint against an African-American Democrat leader who discriminated against white voters. Christine Clark lambasted the Justice Department for bringing a complaint against an African-American party boss in Mississippi who worked to suppress white votes, according to a federal probe. On a separate occasion, a federal oversight commission investigated claims that Clark worked with allies at the Justice Department to quash the prosecution of the Black Panthers who menaced voters outside of a Philadelphia precinct in 2008. And now she's being appointed to the Justice Department to lead the charge against crime from town hall. Cruz, there's one really concerning pattern all of Biden's cabinet nominees have in common. Does anybody know what the pattern is? Everyone, well, yeah, they're goofy. That's true. Every single one of them. Over the last several weeks, Senator Cruz has been outspoken about the Biden admin cozying up to the Chinese Communist Party, especially when it comes to cabinet positions. All of them are in their back pocket, all of them. Epic Times, South Dakota Republican bill seeks to nullify Biden executive orders. We're not going to abide by what you have signed. A bill introduced into the South Dakota state legislature would grant the state attorneys general the authority to determine whether Biden's executive orders are constitutional and potentially nullify them at the state level. Epic Times. Here it is. Florida anti-censorship proposal tries to sidestep Section 230 protections. This is Governor DeSantis doing his best for the residents of Florida. Ron DeSantis is taking a stand against social media censorship with a proposed bill that would allow fining and suing tech platforms for certain content policing decisions. Companies such as YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter enjoy broad liability protection under the Section 230 of the Communications Decency Act of 1996. The proposal, however, appears to attempt to sidestep these protections by asking for more transparency, tying anti-censorship measures to state election regulations, and giving users more control over content policing. The Florida proposal would first require that the companies publish their content policing standards. You must publish them. 
major social media like Facebook and Google owned YouTube don't fully explain their content policies. Like I said earlier, where they are the arbiters, they don't have to tell you what they are policing, claiming it would lead to users dodging them. So by saying that, oh, they're going to dodge what we have as a policy, so we're not going to tell you what our policies are. The law would apparently force them to fully reveal their standards. Users would receive a detailed explanation and written notice after being deplatformed or shadow banned. The law would also stop frequent changes to terms of use, clearly communicate and obtain prior consent to changes, DeSantis's office said in a February 2 press release. Further, the bill would ban arbitrarily censoring and or deplatforming users. That could possibly stop the companies from censoring on an ad hoc basis beyond what their content rules say. Good job, President, or I'm sorry, Governor DeSantis. But yes, I was thinking this. We have, Donald Trump was acquitted. They're going to keep coming after him in any way they can so that he, he can't be the president. But if he runs, I think a great choice for his vice president would be Ron DeSantis. Or... Candace Owens is talking about running as well. One of those two would be a great choice as his runner-up. They're not scared of Trump. They're not scared of That's right. They're scared of us. That's, yeah, they're scared of us. That's exactly right. That's right. From the Epic Times, Texas working on bill to prevent big tech censorship following Florida's footsteps. So Ron DeSantis thought of it. Texas said, that's a great idea. We're going to do it as well. Greg Abbott said that he was working on a bill with legislatures in his state to prevent big tech companies taking action to moderate user content based on their political viewpoint. His announcement follows Florida's move to pass legislation that would penalize social media companies that de-platform candidates during an election. The proposed law would fine companies $100,000 a day until the candidate's access to the platform is restored. Okay, I got a lesser here for you. Let's see if you can figure out what he's talking about. The Australians are saying, oh, drats, our country has gone to the rats. They're amorous mice that should be put on ice. What the country needs now is more cats. <laughs> Well, they had more cats and they became a problem and they had to call all the cats. Now they need them back. Okay, I got a couple ironies for you and then we'll be done. From the Gateway Pundit, Newsmax host has Mike Lindell on to talk about tech censorship and ends up censoring him as well. Yeah. And then from Zero Hedge, leftist journalist regrets calling for Silicon Valley censorship after it happens to him. Yeah such as the world in which we live. So from Sarasota, Florida to Ulaanbaatar, Mongolia, I'm Charlie Garrett. This is The Superior Word, and that is your Prophecy Update for the week.